You're listening to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland Podcast. Now, your weekly message from Pastor Tim McLaughlin. Grab your Bibles this morning and, and wherever you're at, and just uh, let's just get ready and let's just dive right into the Word this morning. Hallelujah. I've been thinking about this and I've been praying about this for, uh, for several days now. Um, just thinking about all that's going on in our life and all that's going on in, in, uh, in, in society, in our community, in this church and, and everything that's going on. And, and I want to talk to you this morning about transition. Transition. You know, everybody goes through transition. Um, transition is just, it's part of life. It's part of the world that we live in. Um, it's just, it's who we are. We have to be people of transition. Uh, I have a phrase that I use often at uh, Adult and Teen Challenge Upper Cumberland. It's something that I've, I've shared for years and years that the, the Lord put in my heart. I don't really know where I got it from, but uh, I know I got it from the Lord. But uh, the word change, the word change, C-H-A-N-G-E, change. The, the, the word change is constantly having a new growth experience. Constantly having a new growth experience. Transition is change. Transition is growing. Transition is a great experience if we would just embrace it. So many people fear change. So many people resist transition, but we need to be a people of transition. Like I said, transition is about growing. Where are you, where, what's God want to do in your life? How are you growing in your life, in your spiritual life, and in your natural life? In the natural, we think about transition, uh, where we transition from infant to toddler, from, from toddler to childhood, from childhood to adolescence, from adolescence to adult, and from, from young adult, middle-aged adult, up to senior adult. There, there's this transition, there's this change. See, tra- transition doesn't ask for permission. Permission, transition doesn't ask you if it's okay for you to change. It's just a reality and you can't fight it. You don't have an option to say, man, I, I just, I'd really like to stay 10 years old. Uh, 12 years old. It, transition doesn't ask you. It's just going to happen regardless if you want it. But if we don't embrace the transition, uh, think about all these things. You know, it'd be nice to say, I don't want to go through puberty. It'd be nice to say, I don't want to have to have pimples. I, I don't want to have to get a job. I don't want to have to pay my own way. Um, I don't want to get older. <laughs> Amen. I don't want to have to get older. But it's a reality. You're going to get older whether you like it or not. It's just the life we live in. But if you don't get older, if you don't embrace the change, think about the things that you miss. Think about getting your driver's license. You have to be 16, so you have to grow. You have to change. You have to adapt. Think about your first kiss. Think about uh, that first paycheck that you got, and, and you finally had some money in your hand so you could go out and buy clothes that you wanted to wear, and you didn't have to wear those ugly jeans that your parents were buying for you. Come on, everybody knows what I'm talking about. I had to wear those tough skins too. Praise God, you got your own money and you got to buy your own stuff. But if you didn't change, if you didn't get older, if you didn't make the transition, you would have never got to that point. Think about your experiences. Think about marriage. Think about uh, having your own children and and raising your children. Think about growing old with the one that you love. Those things require transition. They require change. In the supernatural, it's, it's very similar. In the supernatural... You have to transition. You have to transition from being spiritually lost to being born again. You have to transition from being an infant in Christ to being mature in Christ. You have to transition from being one that is discipled, which is going to continue to go on for the rest of your life, to then start taking on the place where you'd start discipling others 
which is really the great commission and what God has called each and every one of us to do. Not this, just the pastor, not just the minister, but you are called to be a disciple or to others. If you never grow in Christ, you will never grasp the experience or the abundant life that God has for each and every one of us. God desires for us to walk in the abundant life. But it takes change. It takes transition. Jesus died for us to have more than just a mediocre life. Jesus died that we would experience His fullness. How many of you want to experience the fullness of God? I do. I want all that God has for me. But it takes transition. I think about uh, just the other day I was talking about this and just kind of reflecting on some things. I spent uh, 10 years in the car business in this community. Yes, God has a sense of humor. He brought me out of the car business into full-time ministry, but, but I was 10 years in the car business and God taught me a lot of things during those 10 years. Then when I made the transition over here to ministry, I remember I was on staff here at Trinity when I first got hired on staff in, in 2004. I went from making a lot of money driving a brand new car, working in the car business, wearing really nice clothes, wearing a tie to work every day. So for the first six months I was on staff at Trinity, um, I was pulling weeds. I was mowing grass. I remember being uh, in blue jeans and a t-shirt out in front of the church pulling weeds out of the garden. And I thought, Lord, really? Is this what ministry is really about? And then finally I made the transition where I got into an office uh, here on staff. And it was through the transitions and the things I learned and the discipleship that I embraced that then in 2009 we left the church and we opened up Adult and Teen Challenge at the Upper Cumberland. And God has just moved. We went from six beds to eight beds to now we're up to 24 beds on that campus. And that does not take place unless we embrace change, unless we embrace transition. In order for us to experience the best in the natural and in the supernatural, we must be willing to transition. Go with me in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. I want to read this to you out of the New King James Version first and foremost. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse number 8. It says, The end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for angry resists rests in the bosom of fools. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Let, let me read this to you out of the New Living Translation because I think the New Living Translation really makes it clear about what I believe the Lord's laying on my heart. The New Living Translation, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8-10 through 10 says, Finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. Control your temper, for anger labels you a fool. Don't long for the good old days. This isn't wise. Don't long for the good old days. This isn't wise. I often think about the way that it used to be. But if we never leave the past, how will we ever experience the present or the future that God has for us? If we're always holding on to the past, if we're always saying, man, I just I like the way that it is, and we never embrace what God's wanting to do, how will we ever get to where God's wanting to get us? See, memories are great, but they're just that. They're memories. To transition is to create new memories. To make change is to create new experiences in our life. To change is to move forward and to embrace what lies ahead. 
I like what Isaiah says in Isaiah 43, verse 18 through 19. Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 19, he says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. God's wanting to do a new thing. Now, what I'm, I'm not saying, sometimes i got to tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that it's not good to have memories. It's not good to reflect on some of those things. Reflection is, is good. But if all we do is hold on to that past and we never let go of that past, how are we ever going to get to the new thing that God's wanting us to do in our life? God's wanting to do a new thing. To receive new, we must let go of the old. We are all experiencing transition whether we like it or not, we might as well embrace it because it's coming. Change is coming. Let the old days be your past and embrace what God has for you. So I want to talk to you about transition. Number one, the area that we need to understand about transition is we need to embrace transition in the family. We need to embrace transition in our family. I want to talk about our, our natural family as well as our church family. Regardless if you're a resident of Middle Tennessee, uh, regardless if you're a resident of Putnam County, regardless if you're a member of Trinity Allgood, we're all experiencing COVID-19 right now. I hear people say all the time, I can't wait to get back to normal. I, I promise you this, and there's not many things that I promise, but I can promise you this. Normal after COVID-19 is not going to be the normal that you're used to. Things are going to change. The world has never been the same since September 11th, 2001, things have changed. The world has, has changed. Travel has changed. The way people view other people has changed. The way that we walk through the mall, the way that we go uh, on different trips, all those things have changed since 9-11. It's not that it's all bad. It's not that it's all good, but it is all different. We had to transition. I don't like having church this way either. I don't like preaching to a camera. I would be, rather be preaching to people in these pews. But the reality is this, and I've told many pastors this over the last few months, because my, my situation is different than most pastors. Most pastors, that is what they do. Their, their, their whole ministry is their Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday services. With me, I'm in a different church just about every week. We have had to change the way we do things. I've already had to reschedule at least six churches so far this year that we would have normally been in with the, the ministry of Adult and Teen Challenge. But I tell pastors all the time, by using internet, by using technology, by doing the things that we're doing, today we're preaching to more people than would step foot in this church, than would step foot in their church, would step foot in any church. There are people that are looking for answers and they're turn, tuning in online. We are reaching people that we never could have reached just inside these four walls. But it had to take transition. This isn't comfortable. Change is not always comfortable, but this is effective. People are getting saved. People are looking for answers. People are wanting help, and they're turning to the church. They're looking for that answer in us. We're not able to go to our favorite restaurants. We're not able to eat in right now. We're not able to gather with all of our friends right now. But how much more time are we spending with our families? How much more time are you spending at your dinner table than you did before COVID-19? I'm spending more time. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting home earlier than I normally would get home from work. I'm spending more time at the dinner table. I'm spending more time with my wife and with my children. And, and I hate to say that it took a virus to cause this to happen, but I'm sure that's with everybody. 
We got, we got parents that have relied on schools to raise their kids or youth groups to raise their kids, and now their kids are at home and they're having to take the responsibility of raising those children. And it's changing the family dynamic for the good. But it takes change. It takes transition. Things after COVID will be different. But it's going to require you to change. Hopefully we will value family more and we will value our fellowship in this church more. I can tell you this, I, I can't wait to get back into the, the church and the local assembly. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. As we see the day of Jesus coming, as we see the, His return on the horizon, we, we need to honor our time, not only in our house with our family, but in the Lord's house with our church family. I think people are going to honor that time so much more after this virus is done. I think we, we will see people change. Now this is the reality. After 9-11, churches were, were packed. People came. The problem is it didn't take long for people to forget what had happened and they got back. And you say, well, you just told us not to forget. Listen, I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with dwelling on those things as long as we're moving forward. The reality is this. You can't go back to where you once were. You need to get into the church house. You need to get involved in the local body. You need to give your heart over to God. You need to honor the things of God for the rest of your life. There needs to be change in our personal lives, in our family lives, even in our church lives. What about our longing for our spiritual family? Paul tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, he says, For if a man does not know how to rule his house, how will he take care of the church of God? If a man doesn't know how to, to rule his children, if a man doesn't know how to take care of his family, how can he do it in the church house? So it starts in our homes, and what a great time right now. The Bible tells us in Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good for those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Are you making the best of this bad situation? Are you embracing your family? Are you spending time with your wife? Are you spending time with your children? Are you sitting at the dinner table? Are you all sitting together right now instead of the kids being in, in youth church or your other kids being in children's church? I hope you're sitting right now on a couch or on a floor or someplace and you're doing church together because that's what God called it to be. But it takes change. It takes transition. Not only do we need to embrace transition with our earthly family and our church family, but we also need to embrace change in our world, in the world that we live in. We need to embrace transition in the world we live in. If, if you're a local resident, um, you understand how things have already changed since March 3rd. March 3rd, a tornado hit and Many lives were lost right here in Putnam County. Many homes were lost right here in Putnam County. Uh, I have preached to, uh, I got to preach at a men's conference the Saturday after the tornado hit. My neighborhood was one of those hit. It was actually, our neighborhood had more um, loss of life than any other neighborhood. And, and our house was, was badly damaged. And, and I began to reflect things. We had a storm about a week ago, and I remember waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning, hearing the thunder and the lightning and the rain hit, and it changes the way that, that, that I think about things. But I preached at this men's conference the Saturday after the tornado hit, and I remember talking to a bunch of those men. And they all said, you know, I've heard tornado warnings go off all of my life, and most of the time I just roll over and go right back to sleep. But they said, never again. I'm going to change the way that I view those things. I said, why, why are you changing? They said, many of us have lost family. 
Many of us have lost friends. Many have lost homes, vehicles. They have lost things. And so now they understand. I think they're beginning to value life more. So they change. They transition to the way that they acknowledge these things. The tornado has made people change. They're more alert. They value life more. They understand and hopefully they understand how truly important their things are. I remember when Katrina hit in 2005. It changed the way people viewed storms. Just like with this tornado, it was the church that was the first ones on the ground. I I live in that neighborhood and I remember the morning I got up and began to walk through our neighborhood and it was the local church that was in the neighborhood. It was the local church checking on people. It was the local church that was helping people do cleanup. In 2005, my wife and I got to spend uh, uh, 10 days in Memphis helping get food and helping to get uh, different things that people needed, water, down into uh, Mississippi and down into New Orleans. We, We were on the ground the day after Katrina hit helping people because it took a while for the the government to uh, get FEMA and everybody ready so that they can make the move down there. It was the local church that was on the scene. And because of what happened in Katrina, it's made other churches begin to think about things. And most churches have started putting together uh, um, catastrophe teams and, and teams that are ready for things like this. Because the church says, listen, We were there when Katrina hit. We need to be ready for anything that that it throws to our community. And it was the local church that was prepared because of the transition from Katrina to the local tornadoes that have just taken place. I believe people will not ignore the warning signs anymore. I believe people will seek to get to know their neighbors more. I'm ashamed to say this. Uh, I mean, I knew my immediate neighbors, but I didn't know everybody in my neighborhood. And because of the tornado, I've met so many people in our neighborhood, great people. And I believe that, that this transition that we've gone through after it's all said and done will make us uh, honor and, and, and embrace those that live around us more frequently. We, we have to understand there has to be some trans, transformation. I believe that we're not, we're not only the church to help people, but... There are people that are looking to the church. They're grateful for the church because it was the church that showed up and probably bought them food or brought them water or provided them with a place to dwell until their house or whatever could get taken place. But not only that, but they're looking to the church for answers of why did this happen? I remember the morning after I got a text from a a lady and she said, she said, Pastor Tim, are you and your family okay? I said, yes, ma'am, we are okay. She said, praise God. She said, I've been praying for you, not only for your family to be safe, she said, but I've been praying for you. She said, because I know how bad your neighborhood was hit and they need you right now. And it's not that they needed me. I'm not a carpenter. I'm not a builder. I'm not a plumber. But people were looking for answers and it was just the opportunity to go around and to pray for people the days after the tornado. And we're still praying. People are looking for answers. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16, It says, you are the light of the world, a city that is on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, this is what the church has always been called to be. The church has always been called, and even more so now, to be that guiding light. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 16, But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. 
God is well pleased at the church that is willing to get out and share and to get outside their four walls and to get out and help people. We are the light of the world. We are the lighthouse that people are looking for. But it took transition. I believe before Katrina happened, people were getting comfortable in their churches and doing church as usual. Today, that has all changed. Like I said, people have put in place uh, disaster relief teams. They've put in place outreach centers. They've put in place the things that they needed to put in place to be a lighthouse in their community. Many have had to reevaluate their importance in life. We need to embrace change. We need to embrace transition in our family and in the world. But this morning, I also want to talk to you about we need to embrace change in the local church. Not only are we experiencing transition in our communities, in our homes, but if your home church is Trinity All Good, if you're one that watches online, if you're one that normally attends, you understand that we are experiencing transition in the local church. And I've seen this transition uh, in my life in, in many different times. Understand that pastors don't live forever. Understand that the churches don't stay the way that they are. Ch churches grow, or they ought to be. Churches ought to be growing. Change has to take place. We're not doing church the same way in 2020 as we did church in the 1940s. Things have changed. Here in our local body, transition is in the process. Remember King Solomon said this, don't long for the good old days. Don't long for the good old days. We can't go backward. We can't change yesterday. We can't change last year. We can't change what happened 10 years ago. We have to move forward. The church is, is not based on the person that stands in the pulpit. The church is based on the people that sit in the pews. That's the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23 says this, He put all things under His feet and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. The pastor is just a part of that body. It's the congregation that makes up the whole body and Christ Jesus being the head of that body. But in order for that body to be strong, in order for that body to embrace the fullness of God, that, that body has to be willing to transition. Trinity may never be the same as it used to be. But thank God, Trinity is not the same as it used to be. You think, how dare you say that? Think about if you've been around Trinity long, Trinity started in a little building called the Saltbox Church. Thank God that somebody had a vision to see that church change. Pastor Eddie Turner came and, and, and took that saltbox church and then grew this sanctuary that we're standing in and I'm preaching to today. What a beautiful building that we're standing in. And I bet people that were attending that church then were probably thinking to themselves when he started talking about buying land and he started talking about building a building and he presented to them the price tag. I bet people were hesitant and they thought, is this guy lost his mind? But thank God they embraced change. And then in 2003, Pastor Mike Campbell came and he took over as the church's Pastor Eddie made transition to become the superintendent. And Pastor Mike came and it was different. Things were different. People were a little concerned about what was going to take place. But because of his leadership, we've seen this campus grow. We've seen the 931 building get built and our youth ministry has grown and our children's ministry has grown. And we've seen other ministries grow. And we are seeing uh, the, the, the nations being reached like they've never been for been before just out of this local congregation. But it took people that embraced transition. Thank God that Pastor Eddie saw beyond Walt Carlisle's vision. 
Thank God that Pastor Mike embraced that vision, but that was willing to take it further. And thank God that the local body was willing to embrace the change. The body has changed because Trinity Assembly has changed. The body has embraced that change, and because of it, the nations of the world are being impacted. This ministry right here in All Good Tennessee gives us so many ministries all around the world, even here locally. Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland would not be what it is today. Ten and a half years after leaving Trinity Assembly, I would not be where I'm at today if it wasn't for this local ministry and if it wasn't for this ministry embracing the transition. We need to embrace change. Thank God that the church is willing to transition. And thank God that it was willing to transition even in Jesus' day. Look at this. Go to Acts chapter 2 with me. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders, wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, sold their possessions and goods, divided them among all as anyone had need, continuing daily, with one accord in the temple, and the breaking of bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Listen, today we've got these beautiful buildings. Today we've got these pews. Today we've got all this lighting. Today we've got this worship team. Today, church is not the way that church was right after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Church is different today. But yet back in that day, people were being saved. The church was being added to daily. Listen, today we're complaining about being in our house, but that's how the original church was started. I thank God for transition. I thank God for change. And I look forward to getting back together. Church is not going to be the same as it was, like I said, in the 40s. And church going forward may not be the same as it is in 2019 or 2020. We have to embrace the change. The reason the church grew, the original church grew, was not about Peter, James, and John. They, it was because of the body. They were the apostles. They were the ones that the Lord called, but it was the body that embraced it. Peter and James and John, if everybody would have ignored them and ran and, and left them, it, it, the church wouldn't have grown. It was the people that got together in one accord, that met house to house, that sold all that they had. That's why the church grew. The body did not choose the men to lead them. God chose the men that led them. But it was the body that embraced the leader. As we once again find ourselves in a place of transition, can I encourage you in this? Ecclesiastes 7, 8, and 10 says, finishing is better than starting. Don't long for the good old days. This isn't wise. It's not wise to get stuck in the past. Remember change. Change is constantly having a new growth experience. Failure to change is called stagnant. Stagnant stinks. Change is flowing. Change is moving. Change is life-giving. Isaiah said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Will the new thing look like the old thing? If it did, then why do a new thing? It's going to look different. Church is going to be different. Your family is going to be different. Our community is going to be different. Our world is going to be different. But you have to learn to embrace change. 
you have to learn to embrace transition. We can experience this growth together. Everything changes. Only God remains the same. Malachi 3.6, he says, For I am the Lord and I do not change. God doesn't change. Our message isn't going to change. But our method is going to. The way we do things is going to change. The Bible says again in Matthew 16, verse 18 through 19, And I also say to you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Christ is building His church. It's our responsibility to find out how He's building it and what He's wanting to do. We can partner with Him in it if we'll embrace change. If we will embrace transformation, if we will embrace the change, and understand, again, it's not, it's, not the, 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 it's not the method or the message that's going to change. The method may. The messenger is going to change. But the message is going to stay the same. If we embrace this change, he says that the gates of hell will not prevail. Listen, right now during, during all this COVID, again, it's the church. People are looking for answers from the church. It's the church that's online preaching the message of hope, the message of truth, the message of faith the message of healing, it's the church. What are you going to do? How are you going to embrace the transformation? If we could build according to Christ's principles, we can get what God wants to build, a church that's going to prevail. I want to encourage you today in these times of uncertainty, in the world that we live in, where we're, uh, things are not certain, this one thing that is certain, is God's church. is God's people. It's God's body. That is certain. We are saved. We are unified. We are the church. If you're watching today and you're not saved, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today's a great day for transition. Today's a great day for you to call out to God and make Him Lord of your life. I'm going to ask you right there where you're at, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you look and you say, Pastor Tim, if I died today, I don't know without a shadow of a doubt that I would go to heaven. But I want to know. I want to get my heart right. I'm going to ask you to pray with me right there where you're sitting. This is the most important transition you're ever going to make. Would you just pray with me right now? Just say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I know that I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. But I believe in God. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died for me and that He rose again. And I ask You now to cleanse me. With the blood of Jesus, wash away all of my sins, past, present, and future. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Do a new thing in me. I believe by my confession and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that today I am born again. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new in Christ Jesus. Now, if you've prayed that prayer this morning, I would ask that you reach out to Trinity All Good. Let them know that you've made that decision so that we can reach out to you 
that we can put some tools in your hands so that we can help you to continue your walk with God. We're so glad that you joined us this morning. I'm so glad for each and every one of you that is tuned in. And I just want to challenge you today, regardless of where you live, regardless of what's going on, with COVID, with storms, your church, it's time for us to embrace transition, to get behind the plans of God, to see this church that He built prevail and the gates of hell will not be able to rise up against us. Father, I pray that You bless each and every one that's watching today. Be with them, Lord. Look over them. Keep them and comfort them right now. May every need be supplied according to Your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Father, we love You. We thank You, Father God, for those that prayed today. I thank You for those that have tuned in today. I thank You for those that have been impacted today. I thank You for the ministry of the church that has risen up during these times of uncertainty. Because we know that our Lord is certain and changes not. We love You, Lord, and we thank You for these things. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about this ministry or consider supporting, visit us at teenchallengeuc.org.